Hello and welcome to Nobody's Perfect, a place where we try to understand our strengths and weaknesses with the overall objective of learning from our mistakes, which of course is often the best teacher. For localjobnetwork.com radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Many polls and surveys are showing that there's a continued feeling of dissatisfaction among workers, leading to things like disengagement and negative impact on the overall production at companies. Of course, at the heart of the matter may be trust, as in the employees trusting their managers and leaders. Today, we have Nan Russell joining us from Montana to talk about some trust-related items that leaders should be pondering to help counteract these things. Nan has over 20 years' experience in leadership positions, including a stint as a vice president for a multi-billion dollar company. Nan, thank you very much for speaking with us today. My pleasure. It's great to be here. Now, I touched a little bit on uh, your background and experience, but if you could elaborate a little bit on what you've done in the world of employment and also what you're currently doing. Well, as you mentioned, I spent a number of years, about 25 years in the corporate world, um, everything from starting as a minimum wage employee to ending up as a vice president in that in a multi-billion dollar company in all sorts of roles, human resources, communication. I headed a subsidiary. I've done uh, leadership roles in marketing and communication. And from there, I left to follow a dream to live and work in the mountains of Montana. And I now uh, am the author of three books. I do uh, a lot of workplace consulting. I blog for Psychology Today. Uh, I have a winning networking column that's in about 90 publications. So I'm very focused on trying to provide real-world solutions to mm-hmm. workplace issues. Great. Well, you mentioned the uh, Psychology Today articles, um, that blog there. It's interesting to me because it's the idea of trust in the workplace. And in fact, what you call it is trust the new workplace currency. Can you articulate a little bit what that means and what you mean by that statement? What we know is that trust is at an all-time low, and it has continued to fall for a number of years. And the impact on business and organizations has been pretty significant, everything from engagement to productivity. And what we're finding now is because work has shifted and intellectual property and discretionary efforts are the key kinds of things that you need in order to have a successful business, trust and operating with trust becomes that currency where people willingly will give you their ideas, willingly be engaged and uh, more contributing members of the team. Well, and you touched it on it a little bit, these ideas of you know engagement and even motivation to a certain extent, just being big topics right now in, in the world of employment and businesses. So with, in respect to that, how does a leader play a role and how does that role really relate to trust as well? Well, you know, it's one of those things that that none of us really want to hear as leaders, and that is that we need to start first by looking at ourselves. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes we're looking and saying, oh, yeah, we have a problem with engagement or we have a problem with trust or motivation. But, you know, the leader should be really asking, how engaged are you and what do your employees and staff see about the way in which you show up and the kind of work that you do and how motivated you are? And that's a really good place to start. You know, when I looked over some of the stuff that you you had examined and and written about uh, in terms of this idea of trust and what leaders should be thinking about, an area that stood out to me and was rather intriguing was the question of asking himself or herself as the leader in that organization, am I liked or am I respected? And I think think people think about that. They they talk about, oh, I'd rather be respected than liked. 
I guess how how does that all play a role together? How does one earn that respect versus you know maybe playing it up to be liked? What's what's the what's the connection there, or if there is one at all? There's a big connection between trust and uh, respect. And one of the things we all know is it's great if you have both. You know, mm. you want to work for a leader who you like and you respect. But if you have to trade off one, um, people build trust more powerfully when they're respected. I mean, we all know people who we'd like to have a beer with or, you know, who are really nice and friendly and and we like doing things with them, but we might not invite them to be on that really important project. Right. Or they might they might not be the person that we want to give additional responsibilities to because while we may have relationship trust with them, likability trust with them, we don't have performance trust with them. And that is really key for the kind of trust we're talking about that matters. So is there a way if if maybe, you know, as an employee, you look at your, your manager, your boss, and, and you feel like, yeah, I, I like them, but I'm not sure if I respect them. Is there a way that that like can be turned into trust or respect from the, the leader's point of view? Or, I mean, is that sort of a hard thing to, to develop? You know, I, I think um, I think the first thing to do, it goes back to the self-awareness concept for any leader or any mm-hmm. em- employee. And that is, you know, look around and figure out whether or not you are liked or respected. And you, you can figure that out pretty easily by asking questions like, you know, who comes to you and asks for your input and advice? Uh, you know, are you the person who's included in most of the important or critical meetings or projects or decision-making? Um, are you the, the person that's asked to, to deal with, you know, the, the difficult, the most important issues or, or join a cross-functional team? If the answer to those questions are, you know, no, then the respect factor is not as high as it should be. And that's what you need to really be able to build this kind of trust. Sure. Now, is it detrimental in some way to be liked as a leader? And really, as you said, maybe, you know, people get along with you great and all that sort of stuff, but then that respect isn't there. I mean, is it actually detrimental or is it just not ideal? I mean, how would you phrase that? Well, you know, I, I think of it this way. Um, you know, would you want to have a surgeon operate on you who you really liked, but you didn't respect their skill level? Probably not. And I think, <laughs> and I think most of us would say no. Well, it's the same with managers too. We need to feel that we can trust the person that that we need to have uh, need to work with or need to have information from, and, and that's a critical point. So if, you know, ideally both, um, but if you really want results at work, you, you need to have respect. A little bit along the lines here with this idea of like and respect, that sort of thing. You know, there's a discussion a lot of times between managers, uh, employers, that, that they're maybe a little too firm at times and they're seen as cutthroat because they're worried about the bottom line. On the other side of that, is there a place for kindness and maybe a little more gentle approach that would make someone an effective leader as opposed to that you know, sort of traditional, look, this is what we need to get done, period, end of story, no matter what. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, I think one of the things you said is really important, and, and that is that, that you can be, you know, and you should be focused on the bottom line. But this concept of being cutthroat to be able to get it is what people kind of misinterpret because there's nothing um, that says being kind and compassionate and and building a great working environment is something that's soft. Mm -hmm. Um, It's actually one of the things that we know from the new research on motivation. That is that compassion and kindness 
actually increase trust and that increases results and it doesn't diminish it. And so, you know, we even know from, you know, some of the the great work, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Ann Lyman's book on 100 best companies to work for, but the conclusion of all that research and the studies about that talk about the, the companies that actually are the highest performers economically have annualized returns that are three times higher than other companies and they have the highest trust factors at work. Hmm. So we know that all those things are, are kind of related. Is there a way to quantify it all? Why we would relate? You know, again, you have these differing kind of ideas, respecting obviously being important, but then even an added bonus almost in a way is that, okay, they're showing this kindness, compassion towards us. Is there a way to quantify how that is translated into trust, just being kind or, or generous or I mean, it could just be idea of being flexible because of family or, or life's considerations. How do you quantify that? Or is there a way to, to describe how that works? There's a couple of things. There's this whole new uh, parameters that are out there that are measuring this concept of well-being at work. Mm-hmm. And what the recent studies have shown is a couple of things. First, um, that well-being is contagious. Just like, um, you you know, you can have viruses on, on the internet, you can have sort of this emotional sense of connectivity activity that travels in social networks. And the research shows that, you know, low productivity is really tied to low sense of well-being and vice versa. And that where we have supervisors, managers, co-workers who demonstrate trust and kindness um, and don't treat people as interchangeable pieces, but individual, you know, it, they're high producing, high productivity kinds of environments. Now, a lot of the stuff that people probably read, and even when I've looked into this sort of idea, the idea of trust often comes from the management side and wondering, can I trust my employees to get the job done? Can I trust them with this or that? And, and that's fair, obviously. That's, that's an important factor. But what do you see as the potential impact if the questions are going the other way, as in an employee at saying, I don't know if I can trust my manager? What, what sort of impact does that have on production, on the company, on culture, that sort of thing? Well, it kind of goes back to some of those things we were saying before about managers needing to be really self-aware. And Mm -hmm. and this self-awareness comes from the standpoint of trust has two sides. You know, it's one thing for you to decide whether you're going to give trust to a staff member or not, but it's equally important to ask the question, are you worthy of their trust? Meaning, you know, do you have behavioral integrity? Um, We know right now that the number one attribute that people want in their leaders mm-hmm. is trustworthiness. And, you know, there's a terrible statistic that says only 12% of U.S. employees actually think their managers are. <sighs> ouch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a real ouch. And because of that, if employees don't trust you, then that's what impacts engagement. That's what impacts innovation, discretionary efforts. And, um, you know, one of the things that's been out a lot about these business bottom line results and issues about, you know, who trusts whom and how that works is, um, you know, there's some great research out of Cornell that talks about, you know, the fact that the the hotels that have, um, you know, really trust going both ways in the United States are the most profitable hmm. or even retail sales. If employees feel trusted and trust their manager, same thing, higher customer service, higher sales. Um, so it has a real major piece and managers need to stop and say, okay, am I worthy 
can someone invest their trust in me? Of course, there's always the thought process that trust is earned, not given. And I mean, I suppose that's always going to be true to a certain extent, although, you know, I've talked to different people and, and there needs to be a certain amount of trust right from the get-go, I, I'd assume. With that in mind, and this is a little more off the, the top of my head, when you've maybe looked into these types of things, your experience, when an employee is looking at their manager, their employer, what is it that they're really looking for in terms of signs of trust or some a, a way that the employer or manager can really show them that they're trustworthy? I mean, are there little things that can be done? Is it just a matter of, of listening? Like, what, what do you think it comes down to? One of the major elements associated with trust has to do with something called self-alignment. It's also referred to as behavioral integrity, mm-hmm. which means, you know, does someone's actions and their words match up? And that's one of the key things that, you know, managers are, are looking for. But they're, they're also looking for things like, is that leader willing to make the tough call? Hmm. Are they able, you know, to do the kinds of difficult decision making with fairness and integrity and, um, you know, do it in a way that people understand? And, and there's elements of communication associated with that. And then there's this whole element of, uh, which is referred to really as sort of showing up or being authentic. Sure. People, because it's very hard right now in society to differentiate what's real and what isn't real, <laughs> And that's true with people, too, with all the ways that people communicate and, and all the challenges that we have. Um, th- this sense of, of being authentic builds trust. And that means that, you know, we're not looking to say, hey, I never make a mistake. People who say, you know, I need to look into that or I was wrong or I don't know, that actually builds trust. Just those little things of, of I mean, acknowledgement and I mean, is it accountability? What, what would you say that is when, when a manager especially is saying, you know, hey, OK, I'm not always right. And what, what, would it, you, what would you say that is exactly? It is accountability. It's also something that that is perceived and is uh, reality based. Hmm. So the the manager, as always, absolutely correct. You know, died at the turn of the century. Um, there is this understanding that nobody can know everything, and the reality of that creates more trust, but it's simple things like doing good work. I mean, managers who tend not to be overly competent or or um, tend to see people in very limited perspectives, you know, diminish trust as well. So we often think about the big trust issues, but giving trust starts, you know, not like a light switch, but a dimmer switch in little incremental pieces with accountability on both sides. You touched on it briefly, uh, and this comes up all the time in terms of success in business, and that's the idea of communication. You know, it seems to be the, the basic, essential type thing. So when we're talking about trust and communication, I hear a lot about transparency in the workplace, you know, in terms of all the information being out there from both sides, good and bad, uh, you know, up, sort of upfront, honest about everything. Does that instill trust? Is that necessary? I mean, what what is communication's role in trust between everyone, really? Well, the, the, the concept of transparency for a lot of people is unfortunately not a good one because transparency in and of itself does not equal trust. Mm-hmm. All that says oftentimes is the fact that people can say, hey, I told you, you know, <laughs> I told you about it. And, and that isn't what trust is all about. It, it's not that I told you or that I put it out there or I posted it on our website to say, yeah, look, we're being transparent about what we're doing. It's actually an operating style um, that says, 
is for the most part as simple as, you know, there's, there's kind of this adage that says, you know, rumors can't come true. So if the rumor mill and the connectiveness from people is something that actually comes true, then there's some problem with the information reliability and the way in which communication is uh, approached. And the kind of communication that builds trust is, is sort of this ongoing process of dialogue. That's not the same as transparency because, you know, some people think transparency is telling everybody everything about everyone. And that isn't necessarily what builds trust. What builds trust is a dialogue that lets people talk about things and and have um, sort of this ongoing process. It also implies ownership and identifying the whys behind the what and can be, you know, as we all know, a very complicated system to make it work. Well, and trust overall, as we've I've talked about with my team members when we have these conversations, obviously it's it is complicated. It's it takes some uh, some work, and with that in mind, and I mentioned a little earlier the idea of earning trust versus giving it right away, that sort of thing. If you are a manager or somebody you know in a leadership type position, are you obligated to really just sh- display that trust right away, right away in in your employees, or I mean, does it need to be earned? Also, again, as my team and I talked about, when you hire somebody, you're already instilling at least somewhat trustworthiness because you want them to do the job. You think they can do the job. But do they need to see something as a leader? Is it important that you see something from your employees before you start really doling out all that trust? I think this is the one of the biggest um, challenges that people have because we tend to get it backwards and we tend to think that trust is kind of an absolute, like I either trust you or I don't trust right. you. And actually, the kind of trust that builds great results and wonderful teams is incremental in its approach. And so if you had a new employee, you might give them a little bit of trust and there has to be accountability on the other side, but you have to give it first. So you might say to that new employee, you know, run it by me first. Um, If they do that and they show accountability, then you're going to turn up that dimmer switch of trust a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe you might say to them, you know, why don't you schedule a weekly meeting with me and bring an agenda and bring your issues and let's talk about them. If they do that, then you would build it and, and give them a little more trust. And, and it's a switch that goes up and down. It's individually based. It has to do with each person. It's not categorical as this much trust for the team. Um, and, and it's always driven on the basis of both accountability um, and also what's going on in a particular situation. So for example, if you're going through a major acquisition or you have a huge project or there's something critical, that diminished trust, that going down a little bit on the dimmer switch, you know, is just something that naturally happens. And most people wouldn't take that personally. They would just understand situationally, there might be a need to to have a little tighter rein for the next month. Um, And it goes back and forth, it fluctuates. I think that's a great way to put it. And you're right. I think the idea people a lot of times have is, you know, trust or no trust. And and the way you describe it, like kind of a dimmer and you, you build it up. I think that's a great way to look at it. As far as management goes then and and showing their trust, I mean, you kind of gave us some examples there in terms of building it up and it starts with maybe run ideas by me and then a weekly thing, so to speak. Are there other little things or or larger ideas, activities, uh, whatever you'd like to call it, that an employer or a manager can do to really show, hey, I, I am trusting you. 
maybe not to the you know 100% trust on all things you do, but I'm building that trust. I want to trust you. I mean, are there any suggestions you have with that? It's oftentimes the little things that are what cause trust to be diminished. And, and I think it's important for people to look at those little things. So it can be little things like, you know, hitting the reply all button on an email and escalating it to all sorts of people that don't need to be there. But uh-huh. you're basically uh, saying that you're, you know, you're doing the CYA thing. It, it, that can diminish trust. Um, it can be as simple as, you know, not valuing someone else's time and feeling and demonstrating that you think your time is more important than someone else's time. Um, the little things like making a commitment or or saying, yeah, I'll get back to you tomorrow, and you don't get back to them tomorrow, um, people see those kinds of things as as breaking trust. Um, now, we all know the big things that break trust, but it's the everyday kind of occurrences that can determine whether or not we view the relationship as, as making a difference. But, you know, communication is key, being authentic is key, giving trust first is key. Now, for some people listening, you know, in a, in a management position, they may still be thinking, okay, this is great. I understand, you know, it's important, but again, production, bottom line, that, that all matters first. What would you express to those people just in terms of the idea of trust and how important it is in really getting high quality production and really driving everything to that bottom line? What would you express to them as as its importance, the idea of trust? I think trust is one of those things that, that sounds like motherhood and apple pie, and it <laughs> sometimes sounds like an, one of those HR nice-to-do things. And I, I think, you know, what people need to understand is actually trust as a foundational element in um, an, a work environment. Trust and communication are the two foundational pieces that are strategic to get results. I mean, I was head of a um, subsidiary for a multi-billion dollar company with uh, total P&L accountability. And I can tell you firsthand, this is not a nice thing to do. It will (laughs) impact the kind of results that you get. And people who have that kind of thinking tend to really look at sort of the, what I would consider to be last century's thinking about a top-down model. Mm-hmm. We are we are past that in most workplaces, whether people are still wishing and hoping that we can go back to that. Um, unfortunately, that's not the reality anymore. And so, you know, trust is a local issue. People work for people. And if you want great results, uh, you need to start with trust. The last thing I wanted to ask you about, and I didn't necessarily uh, prep you for this really, but uh, a colleague of mine brought this idea up, and I, I have heard it, and it's the thought that uh, many believe, hey, when you're in a work environment, um, you really shouldn't be all out trusting of others because your employer is looking out for that bottom line. This colleague of yours is trying to get themselves promoted that, you know, trust is, I don't know, you got to be careful with it. And she even said, this colleague, that in college – there were people telling her that trust no one at work. What's your response when you hear something like that? I, I think it's very important that people understand that that trust is a judgment call. And that while 
you know, the sort of black and white perspective Mm -hmm. of, you know, trust no one or trust everyone, neither of those really work. And that, you know, all of us need to, for a lot of different reasons, develop the approaches that we know when we can use this dimmer switch approach of giving trust, but it can't be all or nothing. And so that's what gets us in trouble. And if we say, no, I can't trust you, I have to be wary of everyone, we lose the opportunity for tremendous results in great relationships and and, uh, amazing kinds of things um, in, in terms of the management style. And if we go overboard on the other side, we we really risk um, the, the, this whole concept of, of being able to, you know, trust too much and, and have that trust broken. But I would say most people who deal in the, the concept of trust as an action and a decision, a strategic decision, would say that you really lose more by not trusting than you do by trusting. You know, the, the way you've talked about trust and the idea, whether it be individually or, or, you know, from the manager's point of view, that it almost sounds like really it needs to be a part of a, a strategy as much as it is a feeling. I think so many, so many people think trust and they think it's a feeling, but it sounds like you're saying you need to have some sort of strategy and, and uh, you know, implement that when you are looking to trust somebody. Is that accurate? That is accurate. And and I think you're you're really talking about something that, that gets in the way of people understanding it from a strategic standpoint. We throw around the word trust. So so lots of people would have lots of different definitions about it. And what is important at work is to understand what work trust looks like and how do you build that. And that's very different than other kinds of trust. I mean, there's there's literally dozens and dozens of different kinds of trust. And we also refer to that word as being dependable or trustworthy or reliable. Right. We get it we get it really confused. So yes, strategic is important and workplace business trust and understanding that is important. Well, unfortunately, that uh, is going to signal the end of our time here on Nobody's Perfect and our conversation around organizational leaders, what they maybe should be thinking about in terms of trust in the workplace. And of course, we delved into some other smaller aspects of trust. Nan Russell has been our guest uh, today to give us her insight. Nan, where would people be able to find out more about you and your work? Uh, They can go to nanrussell.com and find out there. That would be a great place to send them. That seems to be always the easiest way nowadays. Uh, Thank you once again for joining us. We do appreciate it. My pleasure, Tim. Thanks for having me. And of course, if you have any comments or suggestions, email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. I'm Tim Muma. Remember, nobody's perfect, so please watch your step. 